welcome to the final Sunday School session of Mission Possible. On the first week, we talked about what it means to be ready for the mission that God has planned for us. Second week, to be helpers. Third, to be listeners. And now that we've given you all the tools to be successful, this week we're going to talk about it, what it means to be ready. Okay, so on the topic of Mission Impossible, we first want to ask you guys, who is your favorite spy? So either type into the comments or, you know, wait and share later, whatever. Um, some ideas are James Bond, Jason Bourne, Black Widow, Jack Ryan, Charlie's Angels, Ethan Hunt. Um, there's probably a lot more out there. And now we are going to talk about who is your favorite spy. So now that question is out to you guys. Who's your favorite spy? Um, I like, if you've ever seen the movie Spy Next Door, I like that guy. I cannot tell you what um, his name is. Gosh, what's his name? Jackie Chan. Yes. Yes. Spy kids, because they're kids. <laughs> Good logic. <laughs> My favorite's Black Widow, because she's cool. I don't know. Um, I like Ethan Hunt because he's just very handsome and I can live up to him. <laughs> I agree with Sarah. I'm sorry. Okay, I agree with Sarah. Black Widow, hands down. Mine is uh, Jason Bourne just because the movies, they get me. Sweaty palms every time. Now we're going to hear a question from Gina. No matter which spy is your favorite, all of these characters have something in common. The gadgets. X-ray glasses, voice changers, shoes that turn into phones, mints that turn into explosive devices. All of our favorite spy movies are full of gadgets with unexpected purposes. But sometimes it's hard to tell fact from fiction. So let's see if you can tell which of these spy gadgets are real and you can actually buy and which ones are fake. I'm going to say the name of a few spy gadgets, and in the chat, you guys can guess if they're real or fake, and we'll have the people here on stage guess if they're real or fake also. So the first one is going to be an electric shock briefcase. Real? Real. Real? You think yeah. it's real? <laughs> Agree. Okay. Um, how about DNA capturing pins? Ooh. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You think it's fake? I don't think it's oh. real. If you can do it with tape. You don't think it's real either? Nah. Okay. Well, that, I don't know. that one and the electric shock briefcase were both real. Don't How know. about some bomb-proof wallpaper? Fake. 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 Not real. You think it's real? You that think sounds... wallpaper can be bomb-proof? Yeah. You, You're you right. Bomb You're right. They can be. It's real. How about How about... So back onto the explosion while we're in this area. How about some explosive toothpaste? You know, you squirt it on nah. your toothbrush and then kaboom, dead. Nah. I real? I, I kind of think it, well, no, it's actually fake. It's, it's actually fake, guys. If That's not like, real. What if it how about, explodes your mouth? How about a watch with a built-in printer? Now, listen, printer? I know this is easy to sound fake, but maybe it, like, prints out little bitty strips of paper. Real. No, it's fake. It's fake. It's <laughs> fake. Um, what about a bagpipe? Oh. You know, the, Those are real. the little that, instrument. Yeah from like Scotland, that's actually a flamethrower. Okay, well, I know a bagpipe is real. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you think it's a shootout? Yeah, it's fake, it's like, fake, Jonathan, it, sorry. When you like play it, it just flames? It's, I, it is Fire. fake, I, I read the paper earlier. Um, okay, last one. What about a paper unshredder? 
So you just shredded no. all your tax documents? No. Psych, I can get them all back and see all your information. You can't do that. No. You think it's like, oh, well, psych, Sarah, it's actually real. No. It's actually real, so thank you. And that is our game for today. Our favorite spy movies are packed with gadgets like these because in order to complete their mission, spies have to be ready for anything. Now Sarah is going to come to you guys with a question. All right. So if preparation is a key factor in being a great spy, some of us would be more qualified than others. Whether you're getting ready for school, a test, a date, or a big game, some of us prepare in painstaking detail while some of us run out the door with hardly any preparation at all. What about you? Are you prepared or not? Give us an example. I do not prepare. Um, look, the other day I was house sitting for my friend and it was like the day I was supposed to leave. So I was grabbing all my stuff. I had a lot more than I thought I would. And my mom was like yelling at me from the car because I was late. And I rushed out the door with like things falling out of my arms. Well, yeah, stuff actually did fall out because I got a text from my friend a few hours later that when she got back to her house that I left my shoe in her driveway. <laughs> So I got the shoe back, but I don't prepare. I just, I just go. I would say I do prepare uh, because when I go ride my skateboard around the neighborhood, I bring a bottle of water and my Bluetooth speaker. You've heard a few examples about being super prepared or not being prepared at all. And to go on mission, you have to be prepared. So all of us actually do have a mission. Today I want to talk about what preparation has to do with that. So our mission is to tell the world about Jesus isn't impossible, but it does require pep preparation. So for the last few weeks, like I've said, we've already done some preparation. We've talked about how if you want to join Jesus on his mission, you have to be real, be helpful, and be a listener. But there's one more thing that you need to be. But first, let's recap what our mission is. I'm going to read you Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It reads, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So if you know Jesus, this is our this is your mission, to go share the good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection with others. Make disciples, multiply yourselves. Now we are going to listen to Ben and Jonathan as they give a little bit more background about who Peter was. When Jesus gave us our mission, he was speaking directly to his closest friends and followers. One of those people present was Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' first disciples. Some people have said that Peter was hot-headed, uh, but he was the kind of guy that kind of like jumped into things wholeheartedly. And that can be a good quality, but it also makes Peter a bit impulsive at times. Peter's story with Jesus began when Jesus saw him fishing with his brother. Jesus called Peter and said, hey, follow me. Peter said, okay, dropped his nets and <laughs> followed Jesus. So once the disciples were on a boat in the middle of the lake when they saw Jesus approaching, walking on water. Everyone was terrified, but Peter said, hey, Jesus, what if I walked out there with you? He's like kind of, that's like kind of his impulsiveness. Peter jumped out of the boat, walked on water with Jesus for a few seconds, and then panicked and, and started to sink. Don't worry, Jesus saved him. Peter often spoke too soon also. He could be hasty and very opinionated, and sometimes said things Jesus had to correct. Once, Jesus even yelled at him, saying, Get behind me, Satan. Just before Jesus was arrested and sentenced to death, he predicted that his disciples would deny him. Jesus passionately promised to Jesus he'd never deny him, but Jesus was right. 
Hours later, Peter denied he knew Jesus three times. That same night, when men came to arrest Jesus, Peter took out a sword and cut off one of their ears. Jesus reattached the man's ear and made Peter put the sword away. Jesus could have seen Peter's impulsiveness as a problem, but instead Jesus saw it as something else in Peter too. As hot-headed as Peter could be, he was also a passionate and loyal friend and disciple. When Jesus asked his disciples who they thought he was, Peter was the first to say, You're our Messiah. Jesus even gave Peter his name. He used to be called Simon, but Jesus started calling him Peter, a name that means rock, because Jesus promised Peter would be a foundational part of the church Jesus was building. So Peter had his flaws, but one of the reasons he was such an effective disciple of Christ is that he was always ready to take action, even though sometimes he took the wrong actions. Over time, Peter grew and matured. He eventually became an important leader in the church, just like Jesus promised. After Jesus left earth, his disciples carried out his mission and the church grew. As it grew, leaders like Peter faced new challenges. It wasn't enough just to share the gospel with others. They needed to find a way to teach and disciple far away from far away communities of new Jesus followers. The Roman government did not like spreading this new religion spreading all over its empire. Rome was threatening, imprisoning, and killing Christians in order to prevent this new faith from spreading. So Peter wrote a letter to several communities of believers, a letter we now call First Peter. Here's some of what Peter said to encourage his fellow believers. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Their mission was turning out to be pretty difficult, but Peter wanted them to know it was still worth it. No matter what difficulties they faced, the hope they had in Jesus was still worth talking about. Now listen as Sarah takes us through some different scripture in 1 Peter. Later in this letter, Peter shared more insights about how Jesus' followers could carry out the mission. We're going to read 1 Peter 3, 8-17. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears attended to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against who, those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But if, even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear con conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you, your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better... 
if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Peter's advice to his fellow believers was to be ready. Be ready to act, be ready to speak. Just like we've been saying for the last few weeks, Peter reminded his believers that they must share the gospel with their actions and their words. In fact, if their lives were characterized by hope, love, and compassion, Peter said their actions would give them opportunities to talk about their faith. Here are some of the ways Peter said we can be ready to talk about the good news of Jesus with others. So the first one is to love each other. Our love for others demonstrates the love of God. Repay evil with good. This isn't natural, but that's exactly why it's important. Anyone can be rude, insulting, or vengeful, but followers of Jesus are called to live differently from the rest of the world. Don't be afraid. Be bold and trust God. I have an answer. Peter said that when we live in a way that is so different from the rest of the world, people will ask why we're filled with such hope. When they do, we need to be ready to speak. And we need to be gentle. There's no need to be rude, annoying, defensive, pushy, judgmental, or even stern. When someone asks why we believe what we believe, people said to answer them gently and respectfully. Throughout this, it's very interesting to see how Peter has grown, isn't it? The guy who nearly drowned because he panicked now says, don't be afraid. The guy who chopped off someone's ear says, be gentle. The guy who often spoke too soon says, have an answer prepared. The guy who is sometimes hot-headed and impulsive tells us to be ready. Jesus transformed Peter's life in a big way, and he can do the same for you. If you worry you're not qualified or capable of joining Jesus on his mission, you are, but you need to be ready. It's time for story time with... Brenna from the street, and Sarah Elizabeth Teets. We are going to talk today about a time that we were surprised with an opportunity to share our faith. Brenna from the street, shall we start with you? Do you have anything? Yeah, for sure. I remember um, actually recently while we were in quarantine, but still still going on, um, I had a friend who reached out to me and was like, hey, you want to do our math homework together like over FaceTime? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. It was, this, it was like a whole freaking packet and I didn't know how to do like half of it. I was like, two brains is better than one. Let's do this. And then we finished like really fast and we like just started getting to like talking and stuff. And, you know, I'd mentioned Jesus tons of times before, but she just like asked me, she was like, what's up with like this stuff? Like everything like cr is crazy. Like this was like in March when like we were like first in lockdown, like oh, everyone yeah. was still mad that their senior year was like lost. Like everyone was still <laughs> upset about everything. Like everyone was like, dang it, like Jesus, like why? You know, and yeah. so my friend was like, you know, like really like why though? And so we had like two hours Ooh, just talking nice. about Jesus. And I was just so surprised because she yeah. asked about it. Yeah. I didn't have to be like initiate anything. You know, yeah. Very that cool. was really cool. Callie? Yeah. yeah. Knew it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Benefits of being besties. <laughs> <laughs> I just hit the microphone. Okay, so my story was way back in middle school. I had a friend named Holly who like um I'd known from elementary school, but she rode my bus and we had a few classes together. Um, we weren't super close friends, but we were friends. And um, it was the summer going into high school, and we didn't keep in touch. And all of a sudden, she calls me, like, in the middle of nowhere. Random. And I'm like, hi, like, is everything okay? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I just have a, a question for you. I, I just watch you, and I see you as you walk around school, and you have such this, like, 
uh, not aura, but like this like peaceful and like confident presence, presence. about you, mm-hmm. even when you don't think anybody's watching you. That's crazy. And like, h- how do you have that? What does that come from? And I'm like, this is she literally asked you movie like movie stuff. She, this out of nowhere calls what? me and asks me that, which so humbled to be like, wow, people see me anyway. But <laughs> so I was like, wow. And I was like 13. So I was like, okay, this is my moment. You know, this never happens. So I was really just like, um, wow, like, thank you so much. But, you know, all I can say is Jesus, you know, he's, he's my peace. He's my rock and uh, have been raised in the church and just have that faith. And we, I don't remember exactly how long we talked, but it was a long, good conversation just telling her about, like, the reason for the hope and the, and the peace and just the joyful life that I got to live because it's just of Jesus. so crazy she asked. I know. Yeah. And just, like, can you imagine, like, what she was thinking beforehand? Like, man, I want to know about Jesus. Who's, like, who should I ask? Sarah yeah. stands out to me. So yeah. I'm going to ask her. And, like, that's crazy to me that yeah. I, like, stood out like that. And it was a really cool moment. Solid. Yeah. So the stories that we just shared with you guys ties into what we talked about previously, about how Peter tells us to always be ready to have a conversation about Jesus with others because we never know when an opportunity will arise. <laughs> we can't forget that Peter didn't end his letter with be ready. He reminded believers to be gentle and respectful, too. A few weeks ago, we mentioned a study that asked people to describe Christians in a word or two, and many people use the word hypocritical, and lots of other people use the words judgmental. That means that people have had encounters with Christians who probably weren't gentle or respectful, but were rude, annoying, defensive, pushy, or even stern. Sharing our faith can sometimes be scary, but sometimes we feel afraid or vulnerable. We can mask our fears with anger, defensiveness, overconfidence, or rudeness. So how can we be ready, gentle, and respectful when sharing our faith? When talking to others about Jesus, here are a few things we can avoid. Certainty. You can be confident in what you believe without acting like you have it all figured out. Remember when we talked about being real? When you're real, you're comfortable admitting that you don't have every answer. Superiority. People shut down when they sense you have an attitude that says, I am more mature, knowledgeable, or right than you. No one wants to listen to someone who thinks they're better than everyone else, but they might listen to someone who is humble and wants to serve others by being helpful. Control. No one wants to be in a conversation with someone who does all the talking and never asks questions or listens. If you want to be gentle and respectful in your conversations, don't control the conversation, but be a listener. Here's what you can do instead. Exercise empathy. Empathy is the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes and understand their perspective. It doesn't always come easily, but it's like a muscle you can exercise. Get to know people. When we build relationships, real relationships, we can be more real with each other. But when we don't get to know somebody, we can't talk to them about faith in a compelling way. Remember what it feels like to feel judged. Think about the time someone made you feel judged and then ask, have I ever made someone else feel that way? How can I share the good news of Jesus without coming across as judgmental? Look for the good. There's always something positive you can find, even in the most hopeless or frustrating person or situation. Keep looking for how God might be working. We're all called to join Jesus' mission by sharing the good news of the gospel. Be ready at all times to share with confidence, gentleness, and respect, and to trust God with the outcome. And now we're calling your favorites, Brenna and Sarah Teets, onto the stage to share our mission. So a summary of our mission is, the world needs you to be real. 
The world doesn't need Christians who are perfect. They need Jesus followers who are authentic. The world needs you to be helpful by showing and telling the love of Jesus. The world needs you to be a listener. So learn to listen well to God and to others. And the world needs you to be ready. People are looking for answers, love, meaning, hope. Because of Jesus, you have the opportunity to help others find the same hope you found. Are you ready? Will you take Jesus up on his invitation? Will you live a life so full of hope that people can't help but wonder what's different about you? Will you use your words to tell people about the hope that you have? I hope you will. Be ready and then watch what God can do through you. We hope this was helpful, and as always, enjoy your breakout groups, and don't forget, for the last time, by me and Sarah, don't forget to stay classy. Yes. Stay classy.